many of us in this world find ourselves searching for ways to feel more alive. We move through our lives day after day, living through the same repetitive cycles and the same stressful patterns that often leave us feeling defeated, underappreciated, or unfulfilled. But what if there were a different way to perceive life? What if out there we were able to find the keys to a happy, healthy, and fulfilling reality right here, right now? For those of us who are looking for a way to transform our lives, for those of us who want to learn how to fully live in this moment, to change how we feel, how we perceive the world, and awaken to a better reality so we can fully live this life. This is the Live This Life Podcast. I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question, are you living or are you killing time? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Live This Life podcast. It's been a minute or two since I've been on the microphone. I haven't had much available time to record an episode lately. Lots of things going on in my personal life and professional life, mixed with the Thanksgiving holiday that just went by and the first snowstorm of the season for us that dropped like two feet of snow on Thanksgiving weekend, which isn't typical or welcome, honestly, but uh, it's part of living here in New England, so we just have to deal with it. But on top of that, it's sloshing around in the snow for, I think, like two or three days in a row. Ended up being sick, so I don't think anybody wants to hear me on the microphone with how I have been sounding in the last few days, and I'm probably going to get a little raspy here once in a while. I apologize for that, too. So, But otherwise, it's been an awesome holiday weekend. We were able to spend a lot of great time with family and friends and doing a lot of the same great things that we get to do every year. I hope all of you had a, a really great, enjoyable Thanksgiving weekend as well. You know, with the holidays coming up, I wanted to talk about some of the things that we we change through uh, in our lives, some of the traditions that may fade in and out of our lives that we look back on sometimes with a sense of loss and you know, move through those things, get past those things and realize that changing tradition isn't always a bad thing. This has been a bit of recurring theme for me in the last few years, especially the last few weeks with, with Thanksgiving coming up. We've had a lot of things that have been shifting around us lately. Mostly it seems because so many traditions that we used to have in our lives um, for a large majority of my life in particular have been shifting. I mean, I went through an entire lifestyle change in the last few years, you know, leaving a career path and really changing my perception on the world and the way that I navigate reality. And with those changes came a lot of the changes in traditions of the things that I did year to year and the people that I did them with as well. So many different things change in so many ways. The friends that I used to have, I no longer really stay in contact with. And the things that I used to do, like focusing on sports or going out with friends and partying the night before Thanksgiving and doing it again on Thanksgiving morning, you know, those days have kind of long since passed. And many of the people that I used to be close with are still all about those kinds of things, about going out and partying still and are really all about hanging on to those to those traditions. But those things are just not for me at this time, and that's okay. We change as people. We change our priorities, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can look back on some of those things with nostalgia and, and not really have regret for not doing the same things that you used to do day in and day out, year after year. I mean, I'll give you some examples of some of the changes in, in our lives here that inspired this conversation. One thing is that in this little area of ours in, in Massachusetts, high school football has been a huge tradition. For my entire life, it's been for decades. 
I myself was part of my high school football program, and it, it was a major thing growing up to be a part of that whole thing and play on Thanksgiving Day and have all your family and friends around, thousands of people to watch you play these games. It was it was an amazing thing. It was something you you strive for all through middle school and everything. You wanted to be one of the big guys out on the field, and it was something we just look forward to. But so much of that's changing, and it's it's such a big deal to so many people, and it's really not become much of a big deal to me. It's it's just part of changing in life that I've been accepting. And I guess in the past it would have bothered me. I mean, if somebody would have told me this uh, that so many things would have changed in our lives here a few years ago, I, I probably would have held on to those things pretty tightly. Like our local our mascot for the same high school that I went to, um, the mascot was changed a few years ago because it was Native American and it was quite a bit big, big debate. And uh, that's now changed, and it's about a lot of people. They, you know, feel like their their tradition is has been ripped apart, and and all that stuff. And now, because of declining um, participation in football, the program's completely gone. And this year, in 2019, I think it's like the first year in 96 years that the the big football rivalry on Thanksgiving Day is gone, and it's it's caused quite a lot of turmoil for people. They don't know what they're going to do with their day on Thanksgiving Day. And for so many people, it's it's a shock. It's a tough adjustment. I mean, I've gone since I was five years old. I've gone to every single one of those games, including the ones that I played in. And even this year for me, we're, we're going to be spending the holiday a little bit different. We're just adjusting things and we're going to do things a little bit different. Um, we're going to spend our holiday with a different portion of our family that we haven't been with. We're, we're taking this this opportunity, this chance to have a different type of tradition this year, and we're going to change things up. All I mean, just also recently, we found out that this this huge uh, vintage three story department store that's in our local area, that's been like a time capsule uh, in this region, is going to be closing. It's going to be closing its doors after 137 years, and it's kind of tough for us because it's a place that me and my son always go to pick out my wife something that's a higher end gift and. Um, it's where he's always gone since he was a little, little baby, probably like a year or two old, uh, to see Santa Claus and deliver his letter and, and sit on Santa's lap and get pictures taken and everything. And you know, the, the place is going out of business and, and there's just a lot of changes that seem to be coming around this year. And so many adjustments being made in the last couple of years, it seems like so many of us are adjusting to these big, huge changes. I know for so many people out there that, that I have had conversations with, that their lives are completely shifting and changing right now as well. And some people are having a really hard time with it and some people really aren't. Some people are realizing that the family members that they have been around year after year, that they stick it out and go and see them all the time are not a healthy atmosphere for them to be with. While some people are, are realizing that it's, it's only a limited exposure so they can suck it up for one day and go and see these people. And while, when I've asked, some of my friends, why they put themselves through it, why they, they go through the holidays the way that they do and, and feel like they have to tolerate people. The answer that I got was that they feel like they're fortunate enough to just have a group of people with them, uh, you know, who do love them despite the crazy stuff that they might say or do. And, you know, they're just fortunate to have someone to have Thanksgiving dinner with. They don't have to spend all day there and it's usually just once a year, but it's so true. Some of us don't even have that choice to embrace the crazy for a few hours. Some of us don't have anybody there. Um, and it's something to consider. It's something I really didn't consider. Um, and, I, you know, I guess it's, it really is a point of view that we have to look at. Some of us out there, maybe you're one of them, don't have anyone out there at all to, to enjoy the holidays with. 
And maybe some of us can't be with the people we want to be with because we're busy working or serving our country or or doing so many different things that maybe you you can't get away from school, you can't travel every time there's a holiday and have money to travel home for Thanksgiving um, or the holiday season, and that can be somewhat difficult. But again, it's all your perception of how you view your reality. You can view those times to you know spend on your own, you know, have some time to just have time to yourself um, rather than than feeling bad about not being with family members. But just because things change doesn't mean they have to change for the worse. I mean, the fact that we didn't have a football game this year, yes, it's a little bit of a bummer. And it's a little sad to think that, you know, we maybe never have that memory ever again. It may never come back. But that doesn't take away from the memories that we do have. That's the most important thing to remember. I think I'm I'm more sad for the people who live and die for it so much. I mean, I'm sad for the kids who won't get those memories themselves, maybe, um, because I know I had such a great time with uh, all my family members, thousands of people cheering for us and stuff. And it's just it's sad to lose that tradition because some people won't get that experience on their own. For me, I'm using this this change in tradition to look back nostalgically on the years past and be grateful for the experience that I did have, you know, not only for the the opportunities to play there on the football field myself. But, you know, while we were watching the games, while I was there with my son and my family in the last few years, watching my game, watching my, my younger brother play in that same exact game, wearing my old number, you know, it's great experiences. And the changes in traditions don't take away from those experiences for me. But because of those changes, it is not going to take away from the moment of today that I have, the moment that I have for, for this weekend, for the what the weekend does mean, um, what the whole, whole holiday experience means to me. I'm going to embrace everything that's different about this year and these holidays and enjoy the season for what it is instead of longing for what it was or, or what it used to be. And because of the mindset of wishing something was different than it is, and not having the power to affect that change lets your power reside somewhere else. It's all about that, that mindset of power of now, of, of not letting your emotions and the power of a past event or the potential power of a future event affect your reality now. An example of one thought that crept in that could have created a certain chain of thoughts that, that maybe would have been a poisonous mindset to have is how I'll miss certain family members this year that I usually see on Thanksgiving. We, we've been with a certain group of our family year after year after year, and I won't see them this year. And, and I'm really going to miss that, you know? And, and then the thoughts creep in. It's like, well, what if something happens? What if, you know, this would have been the last Thanksgiving I would have had with some of those family members and so on? But you can't think about those what ifs. Those things will drive you crazy. So since I can feel that I'm not completely over this head cold, um, I can feel my throat getting hoarse all over again. I think I'm out of a voice for today, but I'm going to play a clip by one of my favorite conscious awareness, uh, modern philosophers, Alan Watts. Um, this is called Why We Resist Change. And I found this on the Wayara YouTube page. And in the beginning, he says the word um, dukkha, which means suffering. And I found this incredibly helpful a few years ago when my little guy started changing from a young boy into the young man that he is. You know, he's maybe around like nine or 10 years old. And I had stumbled across this and saved it years ago. And uh, I thought it was so applicable to this episode because it talks about why we resist change so much. Um, so I thought it'd be great to play in this episode. So check it out.
you must understand the idea of the world as being in flux. Dukkha really arises from a person's failure to accept the other two characteristics, lack of permanent self and change. The feeling that we have of an enduring organism, I meet you today and I see you, and then tomorrow I meet you again and you look pretty much as you looked yesterday, and so I consider that you're the same person, but you aren't, not really. When I watch a whirlpool in a stream, here's the stream flowing along and there's always a whirlpool like the one at Niagara. But that whirlpool never, never really holds any water. The water is all the time rushing through it. In the same way, a university, the University of California, what is it? The students change at least every four years. The faculty changes at a somewhat slower rate. The building changes. They knock them down and put up new ones. The administration changes. So what is the University of California? It's a pattern of a particular kind. And so in just precisely that way, every one of us is a whirlpool in the tide of existence. And we are in every cell in our body, every molecule, every atom is in constant flux and nothing can be pinned down. From one point of view, change is just too bad. Everything flows away. And there's a kind of sadness in that, a kind of nostalgia, and there may be even a rage. Go not gently into that good night, but rage, rage at the dying of the light. This is the nature of change. If you resist it, you have dukkha, you have frustration and suffering. But on the other hand, if you understand change, you don't cling to it and you let it flow, then it's no problem, it becomes positively beautiful. The fact that things are always running out that things are always disappearing has some hidden marvel in it. The Japanese have a word, yugen, Y-U-G-E-N, which has no English equivalent whatsoever. And yugen is in a way digging change. It's described poetically. You have the feeling of Yugen when you see out in the distant water some ships hidden behind a far-off island. You have the feeling of Yugen when you watch wild geese suddenly seen and then lost in the clouds. You have the feeling of Yugen when you look across Mount Tamalpais and you've never been to the other side and you see the, the sky beyond. 
You don't go over there to look and see what's on the other side. That wouldn't be you again. You let the other side be the other side. And it evokes something in your imagination, but you don't attempt to define it, to pin it down. So in the same way, the coming and going of things in the world is marvelous. They go. Where do they go? Don't answer, because that would spoil the mystery. They vanish into the mystery. But if you try to pursue them, you've destroyed Yugen. Like I remember in the, when I was a, almost a child in the Pyrenees, in the southwest of France, we went way up in this gorgeous silence of the mountains. But in the distance, we could hear the bells on the cows clanking. And somehow those tiny sounds brought out the silence. And so in the same way, slight permanences bring out change. And they give you this very strange sense. Life is life, you see, because, just because it's always disappearing. Supposing suddenly, by some kind of diabolical magic, I could say zit, and every one of you would stay the same age forever. You'd be like Madame Tussaud's waxworks. You'd be awful. In a thousand years from now, what beautiful hags you would be. <laughs> so, The trouble is that we have one-sided minds and we notice the wave of life when it is at its peak or crest. We don't notice it when it's at the trough, not in the ordinary way. It's the peaks that count. Take a buzzsaw. What seems important to us is the tips of the teeth. They seem to do the cutting, not the valleys between the teeth. But do you see, you couldn't have tips of teeth without valleys between them. Therefore, the saw wouldn't cut without both tips and V-shaped valleys. But we ignore that. We don't notice the valleys so much as we notice the mountains. Valleys point down, mountains point up. And we prefer things that point up because up is good and down is bad. But seriously, we don't praise the peaks for being high and blame the valleys for being low. But it is so, you see that we ignore the valley aspect of things. And so all wisdom begins by emphasizing the valley aspect as distinct from the peak aspect. We pay plenty of attention to the peak aspect. That's what captures our attention. 
but we somehow screen out the valley aspect. But that makes us very uncomfortable. It seems that we want and get pleasure from looking at the peaks, but actually this denies our pleasure because secretly we know that every peak is followed by a valley, the valley of the shadow of death. And we are always afraid because we are not used to looking at valleys, because we are not used to living with them. They represent to us a strange and threatening unknown. Maybe we are afraid the principle of the valley will conquer and the peaks will be overwhelmed. Maybe death is stronger than life because life always seems to require an effort. Death is something into which you slide effortlessly. Maybe nothing will overcome something in the end. Wouldn't that be awful? And so we resist change, ignorant of the fact that change is life and that nothing is invariably the obverse face of something. Oh, I love this one so much. I love the part when he talks about Yugen, the digging change when you see, you know, the distant water, or the distant ship in the water beyond the islands or the geese in the clouds and you lose them in the clouds and you wonder where they went. And how he talks about that you don't go search for those things. You don't go searching to define them or pin them down. Uh, you know, where do they go? Don't answer. They go into a mystery. You know, in the part that we see the tips of the, the saw blades as the valuable cutting portion of the saw blades, but we wouldn't have the tips without the valleys. And it's so true. So many of these things, we just have to kind of let them go, let them be in their own mystery and, you know, value the things, you know, once they're gone, we tend to value things a little bit more. So maybe value them a little bit now before they're gone. You know, maybe the traditions that we we miss so much, we wouldn't appreciate them as much as we do now without their absence. You know, if you have some traditions that you hold dear to you that you're fortunate enough to experience them this year, be in the moment a little bit more maybe than you would have normally been. Take it all in because you never know how they will change a year from now. Be in the moment of now to get every minute out of this life. I'm going to wrap this episode up and, you know, I hope all of you have a very fulfilling holiday season, whatever that means to you. I hope that you all have some traditions, old ones, new ones, whatever they are. Um, I hope you have some sort of a tradition that you can enjoy. And please, if you enjoy the podcast, please give it a quick review or rating on uh, Apple Podcasts or actually whatever platform you listen to this on, since it will help get us more attention to the podcast. Or, you know, if you find an episode that you like, you can go to the, the settings of the episode on whatever platform you're on and copy and paste the link into maybe social media. Um, you can tag a friend on there who might find it valuable. People will send so far. So uh, if you're so inspired, please leave us a review. It would be greatly appreciated. We'll read them on uh, one of the future episodes as well. I'm going to leave you with a song by Soul Rising who is one of my favorite artists for some really chill music to just unwind and reflect on my thoughts, um, which is why I've chosen to play his music at the end of each one of my episodes to give you a chance to listen to something 
and have the chance to reflect on the episode or whatever's on your mind before you go on to whatever comes across and uh, manifests into your day. Whatever it is that comes up, I hope you find some meaning and purpose in whatever it is. This song is called I'll Be Yours off of the 2019 album Love Is. Until next time, keep living everyone and thank you so much for listening.